folks. Welcome back to another uh, episode of the Boombastic Cast. Rolling a little solo uh, this evening and doing some 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 special edition type stuff, you know what I mean? The Hawkman is away acting uh, in the Devil's Night film. Mahal Brothers Empire Bring You, you know, starring Eric Roberts, Kevin Sorbo, Angie Everhart, Daniel Baldwin, and of course, Alexander the Hawk. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? So he's over in uh, Texas right now doing that and uh, sweating his balls off probably, but having a blast. I'm sure we'll hear all about it when he gets back. Um, since it was solo episode, uh, we were trying to think of uh, something fun to do. And, uh, you know, simultaneously, um, this week lines up with the fifth anniversary of the Insomniac short film. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun to do, you know, like a rear boombastic cast, uh, like director's commentary track for it. You know what I mean? I thought that could be fun <clears throat> and um, exciting. You know what I mean? Ooh, so exciting. But I thought it might be a, a cool little fun titty bit for uh, the boombastic cast and Insomniac uh, crossover. So uh, it's very interactive, you know what I mean? So anybody that wants to do so, I'd say uh, pop on over to the good old YouTube and type in either Matthew Fisher's Insomniac or look up Boombastic Media's page, you know what I mean? And while you're there, subscribe if you already haven't. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, That's where all the videos of the interviews we do go up and... I must say, if I had to pick or choose which one uh, I I would have on that desert island with me, I would definitely have to go with video format. Of course, get the video and the audio over the audio. Hell yeah, that ain't even a question. You know what I mean? So uh, with that being said, you know, pop on over there uh, and watch Insomniac, the film for free, if you wish, or just kind of take it in as a uh, podcast type vibe, almost like a Dead Kids of Derry type situation. Uh, I don't know if I'll poke fun. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, check out Dead Kids of Derry, another show on the Boombastic Media Network. Hell yeah. So with that being said, uh, you know, congrats to everybody that worked on the film. I appreciate everybody that worked on it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was our most well-received film. Um, I think it was 12 or 13 nominations. I think we won three or four, maybe a little more, um, awards for that film, which was cool. Uh, It officially, I guess, made me an award-winning filmmaker, which is a good thing. So I'll take that. You know what I mean? Um, hell yeah. You know, everybody, the cast was great crew. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, so without any further idea, um, check out, should I say I'm one more time? Horrifying. Here is Insomniac. So it's a beautiful deal. You know, the, the blue drip drops around the screen right now. All the film canisters just came in. Very nice. You know, fun fact about this intro. <clears throat> The kind young lady that did it for us was working at uh, Hasboro 
the toy company at the time and you know, hopefully still so. Uh, unfortunately, I forget her name at this moment, but she was very great and did a good job. Now, Boombastic Films production, believe it. <coughs> Boombastic Films is, of course, where Boombastic cast gets its name from. You know, it's a branch of that. Uh, just another uh, evolution of the Boombastic Films brand. Insomniac. Very nice. Very simple credits, but I always enjoyed it. You know, floating out towards you. Reboot man. Nice orange. I remember we had orange lighting outside the house. That was cool. The gang. Uh, location. Uh, the, the lead actor here, Rick Chandler. His condo. Sabrina Dennison, fantastic, from uh, Alejandro Hodorowski's Santa Sangre, which I love, masterpiece. Music by Andre Fernandez and Michael Sharif. Um, those two gentlemen won a few awards themselves for this score. Now, there's no audio uh, being heard now, but uh, the score is, I, I, I love the score a lot. I think they did a great job with it, and uh, they deserved their awards for it. You know, the beautiful answering machine messages. It's one of them is my Nanu Nanu on there doing it big. Uh, and the other one's the great James Balsamo. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, a filmmaker in his own right, of course, killing it. Um, if you're not hip to James Balsamo, go check him out. Andrew Lupin, written and directed by some guy, dude. <laughs> Now, I wanted to have a real dark color scheme to this, hence the clothing and, and you know, the couch, you really, it's not like uh, we moved the couch in there for it, but, uh, you know, it fit nicely. Rick was kind of a dark dude, so it worked. I always appreciated this shot because of the tones, uh, the shadow to the three and the other three kind of got the light on it. I thought that was a fun take. Add a little something. Now, realistically, we're in the doorway, so he just walked out of a corner. Uh, hopefully, uh, I don't destroy your viewing. So I'm now putting that in your mind. But, you know, it's kind of like the Kubrick deal when they said, um, you know, the Shining Hotel, uh, the way it looks from the outside isn't how the layout would be. So that, 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 was, my, uh, that was my point I was trying to do, you know. I like the blacked out. Uh, this framing's really cool. It really kind of, you know, it's almost freak accident, I feel, though, but it really kind of makes, uh, you know, Rick's character fucking really engulfed in that darkness, you know what I mean? Even with the beard, which the beard, I'll be honest, the beard, I didn't like the beard. Uh, originally, I wanted the beard to go, but Rick was, uh, you know, he was very, he st stood his ground on keeping the beard. And uh, so the beard stayed, but I'm glad it did because uh, scenes like this, I really appreciate it because it really does kind of hide them and, you know, kind of show the overall darkness around, you know what I mean? I don't know, the effect we did for this um, was uh, a flicker for the TV flicker. We just did like, a, you know, your reflector. You know, I think anybody, when they start, one of the first things you buy when you start making films 
I feel like it's the reflector because they're reasonably priced and they come in real handy, you know, mainly to get, you know, shadows out of people's faces and such, bounce light. That clock. I don't know if we brought that clock in or if that was a Rick clock. I think we brought that in perhaps because it was, I like plain Jane type deals. In the wood, the wood's a good vibe. Ooga baga dooga. Uh, the first kind of vision of the demon, you know what I mean? That was, that was a lot of fun to kind of like that, you know. Sleep. On the door, there's the sleep. If anybody catches it, I guess if you were to call it an Easter egg, maybe. I always appreciated this shot. I know when we, I set that up, or Aaron set it up, but when I told him kind of what I wanted, he was a little, uh, he didn't really know, understand what was going on with it. Great dude, super talented. I think he, but one, after he, after we did it, I, he, he, he was a fan. He was glad we did it. Nice slider shot. This was a, I remember this day there was a weird uh, milk, about a glass of milk. I think there was supposed to be like a glass of milk with him. And then later when he gets the bloody nose, I think it might have supposed to drip into the glass. Um, And then like, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately things happen. (laughs) So um, it, it wasn't in a little, it wasn't in some stuff we shot. So uh, it, it it just turned into one of those things like, do we really need it? You know what I mean? I wanted to keep it, but I became reasonable by the end. All right, the great Jason Slack up there killing it. This uh, this location right here, uh, the great Jack Shipley over there, and Angel, um, Cornell and Angel, uh, the female. We got Louise Hocko up in here, too. Autumn Dove, rest in peace. We lost her around the beginning of the COVID pandemic, which was very shitty. She's a very sweet lady. Um, it was always good to see her on set. Uh, she was smiling. She was always happy to be there. You know, the good you know, that good stuff you like helps helps the magic. You know what I mean of the process. But like I was saying, Ray Booten over there. There's Louise Hocko on the left. And uh, like I was saying, Ray Booman killing it. This location right here was also used for a feature film I did called DJ Stan the Man, a dark comedy about the wedding biz, uh, which, uh, you know, we got a boombastic streaming on Patreon. Uh, it's up there for cheap loot. You can see a whole bunch of flakes and podcast stuff. So I'll stop selling stuff. So Rick and Ray going back and forth. You know, it was very important that they both had names beginning with R. You know what I mean? Um, this, this scene was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the back and forth. I think it's the first day. I think this might have been the first day we shot with Ray, if I remember correctly. Uh, this was his first day. And uh, he killed, he knocked it out the park. Met Ray, I believe, through uh, working on a Rick film. The painting's very important. I like it because it's, it's like turbulent. Like when you get close to it, it's real turbulent. Um, but like just in the background, it's kind of calm and peaceful. You know what I mean? 
the lighting, you know, I remember when we were thinking about it, do we want to keep that, that light in the background out of it? And I said, no, that looks cool. I hope you guys think it looks cool. But I always thought that was a nice little, uh, a nice touch to have that light in the backpack. Yeah. Mucho gracias uh, and respect to Aaron Tebow who shot it. He really did a great job with it. I mean, it looks, it looks really nice. A man at the end of his whim. What would y'all people out there do in a situation like this? You try to sleep? Yeah. Ain't happening, Captain. So uh, you go see some help. Go get some help from the doctors. But the doctors don't really want to help you out that much. They want to help out themselves. You know what I mean? Doctors falls. Ray was uh, perfect. I for this role, you know what I mean? I think Rick was perfect for it as well. Um, such a great dynamic, I feel, between the two, you know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, it was, you know, putting those... The scene with Rick, like, this was pretty... With Ray, we just set up some lights, you know, decent style. With Rick, there was a real operation going on there. With that scene where we had the, we had the TV flickering going, you know, we had that, that multiple light set up. Uh, very good stuff, though. I mean, you know, that, that it, you take the time to do that stuff. It, it matters in the end, I feel. More of that turbulent seas over there. Look at that clock. That clock's on cocaine. Someone should get a sponsor involved. So TikTok, TikTok. We're seeing, you know, the breakdown of a poor dude who can't can't get no sleep up in the air. He does go change because a new day is upon him. So you would change up and you get ready for a new day. You don't get to sleep during the day. You got to do your deal. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. The great Sabrina Dennison, oh, she's so sweet and she's so talented, uh, just so great to be around. Got to hear some cool stories about uh, Alejandro Hanarowski, you know, working with him on the set, which was cool. Uh, she's a deaf actress, uh, which I support fully. You know, I did a few films with a deaf filmmaker named Arthur Lund uh, out of Massachusetts. You know what I mean? We did Cond, we did The House Across the Street, uh, The Repo Girl. Mr. Sean is saw, and um, there's one more in there. I'm forgetting one. But, um, you know, I met her uh, on the set of House Across the Street. She came by. If anybody's out there, try and find yourself a copy of that. It's got Eric Roberts and uh, Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn. You know, the great, uh, the great late uh, Alex Rocco. You know what I mean? Very unfortunate. Super nice dude. Alex Rocco might might be the coolest dude I ever met uh, in the film world. Um, quite possibly in you know in life because he's he was such a cool dude. It was very grandfatherly. Where like he was just so like open and welcoming and just like 
happy and just hey, it was good times. And his wife was there, you know what I mean. So kind of like a family affair. They were doing their thing. She was a super sweetheart. Yeah, I was very sad when I heard he passed away. I'd reached out. I'd reach out. Uh, so we're in uh, Jan Waldman over here in the yellow. You know, doing it big. We had Jared Tyke there before. I can't believe I talked over him. I got caught up into a story. Um, but uh, I know Bernie Marshall, I believe, helped us hook this place up. This was over in Norton, Massachusetts, I believe. It was like a um, – we used it for the liquor store as well because it was also like – it was it was weirdly like a liquor store, a um, convenience-type store, and then it was something else. I almost want to say there was like a tool store type deal in there too, uh, or like a farm store. Really, really, um, really weird, but cool type store. Good people too. They're great. Driving scenes in that past scene, you know, the Cullen family. Um, that was Caitlin Cullen right there with with Ben, who actually plays the demon. Fun fact: the kid with the girl in the in the booth plays the demon. Uh, all done up. There's Dave Maggot in the background there. Kyle Hume, killing it. Dara, the uh, rocking and rolling. Very nice, very nice. You know, driving scenes are so weird. Every, you know, you only have such a small space to get, you know, to shoot. And, uh, that's that. Now, this shot I love. And, uh, I got to give complete credit to, uh, Aaron on this one because this was one they just kind of ran out back. We were, uh, we were shooting in the hospital, um, for this. And I think we were either, you know, wrapping up and, either setting up or wrapping up in the hospital and they ran down and did that real quick. You know what I mean? Doing a big, doing a big, the long walk. You know, the way we shot this, Sabrina, again, fantastic. You know what I mean? Um, You know, we had one hallway and a couple offices. This was like one of the offices and then the actual doctor's office we had. And uh, we had this hallway and now we flipped it and we used it a couple of times, you know, the great Katie P, Paul, uh, Alexander the Great Hawk. He's a king amongst men. And then, of course, look at that Billy Coyne acting his uh, little heart out. Uh, one of the greatest actors that, that, that never really acted, you know what I mean? Um, look at him go. I remember having deep discussion with him where I think he was uh, uh, playing it very zombie-like. And I was like, you got no, we'll tone it down a little bit, Bill. Tone it down. And now uh, we had to do a couple tone downs on it, but Bill's the best. Uh, he did some of the, he did the makeup on this film. Um, the demon was painted up by Bill Cohen. There he is. Hopefully Hawk's sleeping right now because he's got, uh, he's been killing it over there. I've been corresponding with him. So uh, he's okay. He's safe. He hasn't dehydrated, rehydrated himself out and passed out uh, and died in the streets. You know what I mean? It's pretty PG. I like that line. That's a good line. I mean, you take a situation like this. Look at this room. It's not that big. Uh, and shout out to the Waldman family for helping us get this location. Uh, very, you know, this stuff is extremely hard to get if you don't have money. And even with the right money, you know, getting people to let you go into play like hospitals and film is big. So uh, nothing but love and respect towards them. And I appreciate uh, probably more than I understand uh, letting us use this. 
the great Ray Booten sanitizes his hands before COVID-19 came to our reality. You know what I mean? But, I mean, look at this room. It's I love the, the layout of this. The framing's very nice in this. And like I was saying about cars, you know, it's kind of tough to kind of get. You got to find a frame that works, that is nice on the eyes and such, um, when you don't have a lot of kind of room to work with. This, right, tip particular shot of Ray getting ready was always one of my favorite shots in the film um, of close-ups. There's a shot of Rick later when he's in the bathroom and he turns around into a close-up that I really like that close-up a lot too. Oh yeah. Ray's got one of the best beards in the business. Rick's got a pretty good one there too. You know, you got the, the, the gray and the black there. Um, you know, we're really going for kind of dark, dull, um, fuzzy, you know, colors, um, when, with his character and really kind of the whole deal. There's nothing really too bright in the film itself, you know. Rick's about to show some skin. Now, the funny thing is if you would, I wonder if you would actually look at the actual procedure that a doctor would do in a situation like this. I don't think this is kind of, it probably don't line up too much, but you know what? This is what we call a film, ladies and gentlemen. So, Ray, I don't know. I don't think he likes what he hears. You know what I mean? He just goes. He's breathing. Let's uh, let's see if we can fix that. So, like I was saying earlier about these the color scheme, there's two of those shirts floating around in this world. I think Rick has one, and I have one. Because uh, one was supposed to get messy, no, you know, spo- no, no spoiler, um, but uh, it survived. Boom, shut in the door because it's nobody's fucking business what's going on in that room. You know what I mean? Back to a man at the bottom. You know what I mean? Get at the fucking bottom of this rope. He's eventually gonna kill him up. You know, anybody out there that's ever dealt with the insomnia uh, knows it's fucking, it's horrendous. It's it's it's, it's really a weight on you. Uh, you know, I, th- this whole film kind of came about because I was dealing with, uh, you know, for, for years and years, uh, I'd get like insomnia in like, I don't know, it must be fake or bandwagon insomnia because it's not like, I can't like not sleep for, you know, for days at a time. Although once I did go a day, but it was more of a contest with my buddy to see who could go the longest. Um, but at my insomnia is more like, um, it'd just be tough to sleep for, like I won't be able to sleep through a night and then it kind of fucks up the whole day. You know what I mean? One of those real shitty things, which sucks. But um, you do what you can, I guess. So that, you know, my stories, my vibe with that, uh, and, you know, kind of the corrupt, a corrupt, uh, you know, almost medical system, health system is, uh, is kind of the fuel for this. I wrote this, uh, years ago, believe it or not, before we did it. And, um, I remember it was kind of like, you know, the script was, was, was just sitting there and, me and Rick were talking one day about like what, you know, 
what should be done next. And um, I think, yeah, this is like before, this is me and Rick's first. Like, uh, I think before this, he was in DJ. He had a cameo in DJ. And then that was kind of, and then he did this. He jumped into like the starring role. And then I think we did a couple segments for some UK anthology films. Look at those pills. I remember originally I wanted the pills to be bigger, but the prop girl said, fuck you, man. No, she wouldn't say that. Um, she said, we're not going to do that, though. She said, we're going to have these pills. because These are the pills I have. I don't think she liked the big pill idea, which I don't know. I, I liked it. I like the idea of big pills. It's kind of more of a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I guess everybody that makes films can kind of look at things and go, well, I wish that was a little different, and I don't think it matters much. But uh, originally it wasn't that. That painting in the background is Bill Coyne painting, which is very fantastic, of course. You know, I forget the the mythology... Uh, and the name and stuff, but I do know. Well, I do know the stories. But he he was eating his kids because he was afraid they were going to like grow up to kill him or something like that. So that was kind of the vibe with you know the health deal with <laughs> they're kind of eating the people, you know, to, to quench their thirst, uh, their thirst for loot and power and all that crazy madness stuff. Uh, this you know the elevator scene. That light behind uh, Rick uh, is an Aaron light. You know what I mean? It looks like it belongs there, which is nice. Very nice. You know, this, the, uh, Ben, the gentleman who was the demon, this was his buddy that wanted to be a part of the film, so he came through. Um, I'm, I wish the elevator uh, was bigger or taller, you know, or that, you know what I mean? It was, uh, the ceiling was higher because, uh, I would rather have had both of them in frame and that above shot, but I don't think, you know, beggars can't be choosers, you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. It's fucking Roger Humphreys himself coming to shoot you out. Bang. Booyakasha. Booyakasha. Uh, look at this. The great Steve Higgins. Uh, I've kind of fell out of touch with Steve Higgins, but... uh Phenomenal. He gave it his all for sure. You know what I mean? Um, in a scene that was, you know, in a scene that could have just realistically been two people having a conversation. I feel like he kind of, he goes there and it's not, it doesn't take away from Rick leaving, but he's just leaving. So it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? But he doesn't even take away from it, but he adds to it because you know, it's more darkness. You know, it's the same thing with the color scheme, except an emotional theme throughout the whole thing. Like, it's grim. Like, it's supposed to be a grim vibe, you know what I mean? Speaking of grim, that chair <clears throat> is was there because that's where the devil sits. That's how that framing was set up. Um, and I wonder if anybody ever thought about that. No one's ever brought that up in a Q&A or approached me about it anywhere. But yeah, there's a reason why there's a chair right next to him empty. You know what I mean? And it's got the old rocking chair vibe to it uh, because that's where Satanus would sit. You know, both of these doctors are corrupt doctors that, you know, kind of, you know, guinea pig their people. 
you know, which is uh, horrendously dark arts and evil type stuff, for sure. You know, this glorious sub. Um, I believe there was a beer. There was also a Budweiser can involved. And if I remember correctly, my brother uh, ended up eating that lunch for real. There's the great Wally Carlson. Uh, Wally Carlson was a producer and actor, and some of the, he's a deaf actor uh, in, in, in like the house across the street and con. He was a big, he had a big part in con. These are all cons a really good flick. I don't know where you can see any of these anymore, but, uh, yeah, Dave Langle rocking a shirt for a film he produced called provoked at the time. I think it changed the name, but, uh, I don't quite recall. So this liquor store right here is actually, uh, part of the convenience store um, with this the, the shot before, which is, uh, it was quite a store. It was weird. It was that one-stop shop type deal, which is very cool. You know what I mean? This is probably one of my favorite shots in the whole film. Um, I really like this a lot. It's, you know, I often talk about the movie magic of the real trickery of film, you know what I mean, or movie making. Where you can, it's completely, you know, completely fake, but you can, people can get lost in it because you make it believable enough. And this scene, like, is perfect, uh, symbol of that because, you know, this was shot in a, uh, parking lot, in a driveway rather. And, um, all these lights are just, we had a light that we brought over the car every now and then for a, for like a street light. And we had people kind of pushing the car. Uh, to make it shake and get the vibe of actually moving on the street. You know what I mean? And then Aaron was, you know, posted up with the camera. Uh, and then, of course, Ben, our uh, Phantasma, uh, coming into the picture, causing him to, boom, get into a car wreck. You know what I mean? I'm fucking up. Nice light. Bada boop, bada beep, bada bang. People are upset that he fell asleep at the wheel. Um, this intersection, uh, is a childhood intersection. My, my, my nano nano lives, uh, prop where I'm standing behind me would have been, um, where the camera was behind them would have been their house. Yeah. As a young kid, young kid, I lived there. With the grain alcohol. I remember, um, that was from, uh, that was back from uh, days of drinking boo, drinking that hot cold boo. You know what I mean? Um, it was, I remember it was grain alcohol, like 101 proof, maybe even more. Remember it was hard to the core. That was stuff that you only brought out on special occasion. And you mix it, you make yourself a little drink with like some juice and you go to the moon type deal. Um Shit, I, w- I wouldn't even get into that shit. No, that's all. That was hardcore. That was some hardcore living. So, Roger's losing his mind. You know what I mean? He's all di- discombobulated. And anybody that's ever had insomnia, you know, you stay up late enough. You know, even if you a regular deal, you wake up early enough and you're up late. You, your fucking mind start playing tricks on you. You know, you'll, you get fucking, you feel stupid. You know what I mean? You feel you like common sense things. You know, you don't catch them. You're not grasping them right off the bat as you would if you were fully awake. 
And uh, it is weird. It's a, it's almost dimension like, you know what I mean? It's a weird state to be in. Um, and that's kind of what we were hoping to capture um, with a lot of this stuff. Now, you know, the big question is, you know, what's it, is it in his head or what's the deal? You know, my whole take on this whole vibe is it was an interdimensional type demon um, that when you don't sleep, um, your like third eye opens up, you know, because you're kind of, you know, you, your brain's being pushed to the maximum, your body's being pushed, pushed to the maximum, you know, like almost like a fasting type deal where you're fasting on sleep. So like the more you get deeper into this fast, if you will, um, your brain and mind is open, you know, your mind's opened up your third eye and you start to see shit in different dimensions. But the problem with that is things in different dimensions start to see you. And uh, they kind of think of your energy as uh, food. That's the other close-up shot I was talking about before that I really liked a lot. So I thought, what a crazy idea that is. It's scary, you know, scared me to think about it. I always enjoyed that pullback shot a lot. You know what I mean? I remember making sure we weren't in that mirror was uh was a difficult feat. You know what I mean? You got, of course you go for the nine milli and show people you, you for really. I really like the lighting. The lighting's great. I really appreciate it. The TV, you know, having the TV on all of that flickering uh was a big deal. And I mean it's about to get a little more crazy spoiler alert for you. You know, very cool. I like that. I really like the lighting and the framing. It's very nice. Very nice. I must say so myself. Demon. No, Bill Coin paint job. Oh, yeah. I remember I had an idea for it, and then me and Bill sat down and we, we kind of worked it all out. There's that turbulent shot. What's interesting, you see that painting, and it's just kind of that the way that 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 the camera zooms up on and stuff, you feel like you're in the ocean, which is a nice vibe. So something's in there with them. I think you know what it is. Yeah. Bang, bang, boom. Laundry basket made a cameo. Keeps it a real. You know, whenever showing a ghoul in a very low budget film um, you always got to be careful not to be too crazy or show you know too much of it or whatever I don't know if we succeeded or failed that's not my opinion uh, to be had I guess but this frame was really cool Um, I like this frame a lot you know Rick really fucking went out there on this one you know he improv hit himself with the gun which I never would ask them to do because, like, you get really fucked up. Uh, so I always give kudos for, to Ricky for this. I think this is one of Rick's uh, best performances myself. Uh, no ego there. I just kind of think that uh, it kind of worked. It worked. It was a good little combo, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. He did. A, he did a really good job. So here we are in the old cemetery, and. Uh, Look at that purple coat. That's the Nano Nano. Graham King, the great Graham King, the great Christopher J. Long, 
uh, was the first gentleman there. Larry DaCosta was in there. Great dude. Um, Angel Cornell doing it. Angel Cornell in the priest outfit always makes me laugh because in real life, Angel's not really, I don't know if he'd be a priest. I don't know. Maybe he is a priest. Maybe, maybe. Who's to say what? You know, I, I appreciate the greens. You know, the one thing I must say about HD that I love is the colors. You know what I mean? Uh, as a man that enjoys colors in film, you know, I really like the different colors, tones of green. You know, even the tree, the green trees and the yellow tree in the background. I really like the shot of that and the way we hook around. I try to put a lot of effort into the framing of, you know, the films. I think I think that's a. I love Kubrick a lot. I think that's a big Kubrick influence on me because I try to make. He was a photographer, and I, you know, I try to make picture the framing look like what would be a cool f- photograph. You know what I mean? So this shot right here was built. Uh, was it a, in a, in a fake coffin we built? I think Rick Rick might even have had this coffin, but we shot this in an addition that was being done. Um, he wakes up. You know what I mean? Barry Mahoney, who I just got off of, I think, season six of Face Off on the Sci-Fi Channel, did that effect where, uh, you know, he wakes up and he rips the stitches out of his eyes and his mouth. Um, if you didn't catch that, you know what I mean? That's what went down. So that the true sadness of the whole vibe is that even though this dude done blown his brains out of his head, uh, he's unable to 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 get that that slap, then I'll let him get no slap. You know what I mean? Poor guy just needs some slap. Fucking awful. Uh, and even in the dead life, you know what I mean. And I have been asked what my what what where he kind of wound up. In my opinion, on where he wound up is I think that his hell his whole deal is. I think that he wakes up in that he he wakes up in that coffin. And then he dies, and that's almost like a healthy. Kid. He doesn't have enough time to escape the coffin, but he's got. But he wakes up alive, and then he has, you know, he can attempt to claw out, or if you know, it's it's like the Groundhog Day type deal, you know, just reoccurring death type deal, just forever. I think he's kind of forced into a hell where he is forced to, you know, die, suffocate every every three days or eternity. That's heavy. That's some heavy shit. Um, but that was my vibe with it. Know what I mean? Very nice. Award ceremony guests. You know, a lot of great folks came out and uh, helped us out. Louise Hocko, again, rest in peace. Uh, super sweetheart. Assistant Director Alexander Hawk. First time he caught that credit. Dave Maggot McDuna. McDuna's doing some editing for us. The great Jan Waldman, associate producer. Gotta love it. We gotta team up again. Ellen Sharif. I don't know why. Yeah, she. I didn't see. Uh, ah, you know, harp. She rocking the harp. Very nice. Very nice. Kudos. Bernie Marshall, location scouting and up. That was very, uh, very helpful. You know, Bernie Marshall. Um, you know, COVID's been a wild deal and, uh, I think he kind of retired a little bit and, uh, was taking it easy. But, uh, 
the Marshall family was always a big help with the Boombastic family. Not a special thanks up in there. Steve Weiner, you got to give kudos to. Um, he helped us do, you know, some of the, the sign language back and forth uh, with Sabrina. This film was dedicated to Wes Craven. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like <clears throat> when you're making a movie about dreams and dream demons and nightmares and such and not, you know, not being able to sleep, sleep themed. I feel uh, you're always going to have a little bit of Wes in there. And I remember Wes passed, I think, while it was being edited, I believe. Um, you know, weird, crazy story about Wes passing. I remember I was at a, uh, I remember I went to go see Aliens like a, at a, you know, a throwback theater. I think it might have been uh, not the Coolidge. Uh, there's another one. I forget the name of it. It escapes me now. There's another big kind of theater in the city, but we're going to go see Aliens, uh, you know, the John Cameron film. Uh, and I remember we were sitting in that. Uh, it was me, uh, D-Mall, and Jertai, uh, the king of it all, Jertai. And um, I remember I got a text from Dave Maggot that said, you know, Wes Craven died, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I remember there was a Dingleberry Schmidt to the left of me who, like, you ever go to a throwback screening in a city and you see a kid there that probably isn't even a fan of the movie he's about to watch, but he's drunk and he has nothing else to do that night, so he goes to the movie? Yes, so one of those people were to my left and I remember he fucking gave me shit about looking at my phone and uh, there was a little bit of words you know what I mean um, and then the movie kind of started up and uh, it wasn't a big deal and at the end of it I believe there was at the end of it I believe there was words uh or like words that were hoping to be more, but ended up not turning into something, which I guess is for the better, right? So uh, rest in peace, Wes Craven. And uh, they were trying to test me when I just took a big hit about Wes Craven dying. Wes Craven's fucking iconic, man. You know, that, that the early work is untouchable. It's fucking untouchable. Nightmare on Elm Street, there'll never be a film like that made. Um, the Hills Have Eyes even cla- is fucking classic in, 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 in that type of film that it is. You know what I mean? Um, and Last House on the Left is fucking, it's psychologically, uh, demented. You know what I mean? It's like really fucked up. Um, I think it's a great film. That's, <laughs> there you go, go figure. But, you know, uh, Last House on the Left is a movie that I put next to Clockwork Orange where, you know, you always hear people say weird things like, oh, that film's dangerous. Ooh, he's a dangerous filmmaker. You know what I mean? It's kind of fucking exaggerated. But I will say that a films like A Clockwork Orange and films like Last House on the Left are dangerous films. Do I think they should be banned? No, 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 no. But I do think they're dangerous uh, in the sense of, you know, you have all these crazy psychopathic people 
do these weird, wild shit, you know, doing horrible things we're always seen on the news, you know what I mean? I feel like those movies are so masterfully done um, for what they were going for, which, you know, the Clockwork Orange is, it kind of glamorizes violence in like a weird way where it, it's not, but it is, you know, for parts of it is, but I think it only pushes it so far with the glamorizing of it to kind of push a point. So when it flips around and he has to clean up that it's a whole that you know, it's more of an impact. Um, and then with Last House on the left, um, the the scenes of like rape and murder um, over hippie happy music is such a mind fuck because you see you're seeing this like evil shit, but you're hearing these love songs and it's just like wow. And that the use of that always affected and stuck with me. And I and you know I've tried to do it a few times in a couple projects. You know what I mean because of that because I love that so much. Where it's just like you're showing something incredibly horrible but the music's beautiful or you know what i mean i always thought that was a really cool thing so yeah uh there it was you know what i mean june 22nd 2017 that bad mother trucker premiered at the capitol theater um and it was a good time you know what i mean a lot of fun uh, the premieres, man, I miss premieres. I miss premieres and screenings and going to watch your films with an audience. You know, the COVID thing was horrendous and hopefully things will start getting back into the place where people feel comfortable to kind of go out more. I know they have, um, in bigger ways, but I'm more speaking in low budget film screenings, which are a little less important than going to see your favorite band. Or going to see, you know, some big Hollywood film in certain people's eyes, you know. I think, you know, you should definitely go support indie arts. But um, I don't know if the support for indie arts, like indie indie screenings, are back there. You know what I mean? Uh, it costs to get those theaters, much like the big Hollywood deals, you know. Universal rents all those theaters that they play in. They rent those. It's not like they give them up to them and say, yo, there it is. They got to rent them. Uh, and that's why you see movies leave theaters so quick. If you ever wondering why was this movie in there for a week and then it was gone because it didn't look like it was going to make the money they wanted to make. So they cut their losses and pulled it. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see. Hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully soon everything will be back in the, in the, in the good to start doing some screenings. I know we, we, Oh, uh, we didn't screen anything. We appeared at a film festival a couple months back, but, um, yeah, hopefully to get back in there. Nothing like watching the movie with an audience, you know what I mean? And we got some new shit coming too, which is cool. And, uh, hell yeah. So we hope, uh, I hope you, uh, enjoyed this little fun titty bit, uh, director's commentary, boombastic cast style for, uh, the insomniac fifth anniversary. You know what I mean? Uh, don't forget to go check it out there on the Boombastic Media YouTube page and hit subscribe and uh, check it out. Like, give the video a like, share it to your friends and family if you'd be so kind. Um, but yeah, hell yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Hawkman will be back soon. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace.